Mark here for Mark 2.0. Well, we have another iconic guest. With all these iconic guests, Gordon, that we've had on, we are just thrilled to have someone so well-rounded in Hollywood, a producer, director, uh, acting teacher, you name it. Michelle Danner, welcome to the podcast. Let's start out by talking about your new film, The Runner, that uh, premieres. I'm really excited to be on your show. I'm excited about The Runner. It's going to have, um, you know, theatrical release starting on the 19th, I believe, of August, and then it'll go on demand and people can see it. People have liked this movie very much. Uh, we had a very successful run on the festival circuit. We went to Europe to this beautiful island called Ischia, a very nice film festival, the Ischia Film Festival. And we premiered it at CineQuest here in the States and did World Fest Houston and won many awards. It was just a, a great um, you know, reception that we had in early reviews. And uh, Saban Films picked it up and they're distributing it. And so we're really excited. There's nothing like working hard on a movie and you know, wanting it to reach a lot of people. Yeah, and uh, will it be uh, released in theaters or will it be streaming? Because with the yeah. platforms, uh, streaming platforms, you know. It will be released in 15 cities, including Los Angeles. Okay. And uh, it's so excited, yeah. And which uh, 15 cities is it across the world or in the U.S.? In the U.S. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And uh, it was, was it originally going to be released in 2021 or that was just the festivals that it was released at? No, when the moment that you show it, you know, in festivals, in the movie theaters, they call it like a release, oh, not yeah. an official release. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But we did do a lot of festivals. That was great. Some of them virtual and some of them in person with COVID. But now, sure. you know, everything is pretty much in person, which is, which is great. And the feedback is great. I've seen that uh, on IMDb that it's won a lot of awards. Yep. We were very excited that they had such a great reception. Did you ever think that it would be so uh, popular so far? Um, you know, no. I just, you know, you do, you tell the story because you really, really want as a filmmaker to tell the story, the story you're telling. Um, I detached to the outcome. I just, uh, you know, of course, I tell my kids, it's more fun to win than to lose. So, you know, <laughs> it's better when it's got a better reception than, than not. But, um, you know, it's, it's all a learning experience. I have already realized that this part of my life, you know, I also teach acting, yeah. but um, in this part of my life, I will be, continuing to make movies only because I know that I have you know on my on my board on my vision board several stories that I really really want to tell so I know that that's going to happen um and uh you know I'm just excited I told my my children we're either going to be preparing for it or we're going to be uh in the middle of doing it or we're going to be putting it together Sure. And this is your fifth feature film and you're already working on other uh, films, right? Yes. I just shot a movie called Miranda's Victim in New Jersey. It's about the Miranda rights. I'm really, really excited about that. Um, and I'm editing it as we speak. Okay. That's great. And 
what did you like best about this film? And one thing that uh, strikes me about you is each film that you produce or direct, you always learn something brand new. Would you say so? Absolutely. You just learn so many things. When you shoot a movie, you know, you think you're shooting a certain movie. Yeah. And then when you look at it in the editing, you go, God, I didn't see that. And I didn't see that. I wish I had done that. Or why did I do that? Or, you know, it's just, it's, it's nonstop. Uh, you know, you're constantly learning. Hopefully, the more, I can tell you this, the more experience you have, the more you learn from your past mistakes, the better the new ride is. Um, so I try to learn as much as I can. Now, with your films, does it make a difference where the filming location is? And it, are most of your films, since you're based in L.A., are they filmed in L.A.? I've done a lot of films in L.A. I've also shot in different parts of the world. This movie was shot on the East Coast in New Jersey. That okay. uh, We had some very unique locations. For instance, the first eight days of the movie, we shot in an old courthouse of the 60s. It was really authentic. And then we shot in a police station of the 60s. Sure. It was so authentic that the day after we finished shooting, they tore everything down. They demolished everything. Wow. And then we went to shoot in a house that was built in the 30s. I mean, um, it had some pretty unique, extraordinary locations. So it was it was great to shoot there. We would have, I'm sure, found some equally wonderful places to shoot here in LA, but it was great to shoot there. And also it was cool, which was nice. It wasn't so cold. Uh, I mean, so hot, I mean. Neither, yeah. no, neither cold nor hot. And you grew up in the industry with your father uh, being with William Morris, right? My father was an old old timer of the William Morris Agency. He actually was asked, he didn't start in the mailroom. He was at the time a well-known producer producing shows in South America and Europe. And they asked him to open up the first branch, the first offices of the Champs-Élysées in Paris and France. And he did that in 1963 or four. Okay. Uh, so that's how I, you know, speak French and I grew up in Paris. And so did my sisters. And, you know, that when I was in my teens, I moved back to the United States to New York. Sure. Well, Gordon's back. We had lost him for a minute. Gordon, why don't you chime in? Well, I wanted to ask, I, I actually had the audio and I was listening while I was fixing uh, my connection. And I heard you saying that, you know, you sound like a, a, someone writing a novel and you go back and you reread what you've written and you see all the syntax and you say, but I imagine that there has to be moments where you say, wow, uh, when you're in the editing process where you have to say, wow, I didn't, you know, this, this scene, I wasn't expecting that. And you find, you must find little bits of gold, I would imagine. Oh, every and every scene. In every scene, it's either, I mean, obviously I was there, so I remember, it's either confirmation of, depends how far you edit from when you finish shooting, right? But it was, uh, either it's a confirmation of what you witnessed, what you saw, and then things that, you know, you didn't register in the moment, right. like, like a look that it's like a golden moment or something, you know, an extra ad lib, something that really works well, that cements the scene. Um, 
so yeah, it's, it's I love the editing process, although I'll tell you that it's very tiring. It's exhausting. I can imagine. Uh, all of it is exhausting when you're shooting it, when you're prepping it, it's all, you know, I, I don't, I probably shouldn't say this because it feels too strong and too dramatic, but I mean, but somebody else said it to me. So I'll repeat what somebody else said to me today. I said, how are you recovering from shooting? And they said, um, yeah, it's like coming back from war. <laughs> PTSD. So I think it's probably too strong, but it does feel like you, you know, put your body through something and and when you're editing, it's, you know, you're just, it's all encompassing every phase of it, but also thrilling, you know, along the way, at some point during the day, you go, this is so great. And then at other points you go, oh God, I want this to be over today. So it's a mix of all of it. It's a mixed bag. Well, thrown into that, as I understand it, the runner was supposed to premiere last year and I'm guessing COVID uh, gummied up the work, so to speak. Yes, you know, I think that, but we're coming out of COVID, which is great. Yes. And for me, COVID was um, a very fruitful time. I was very, very busy creatively all the time. I loved the pause. I loved, I, I loved it. I loved that I didn't have to run on the treadmill all the time. Um, it was a great feeling. Well, the, the question I had is, you know, you've been through this process where you're, you know, mind, body, heart, and soul, you're giving everything you can to the production, the editing, the, you know, you're talking to distribution because you're in every aspect. Yes, you know, absolutely. And, and you're, you're running toward that finish line, toward a release date. And then all of a sudden it gets pushed out a year. That must have been something to deal with. Yeah, no, I was fine with it. I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm very Zen when it comes to that. When things are ready to come out, they're ready to come out. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all good. I'm just so busy with all kinds of projects that, you know, once, when, when the time is ready, it's good. I'm glad it's coming out now. And I yes. think it's going to have a very, very, uh, there's a very uh, strong, distribution arm behind mm -hmm. it saban films is a really good company and uh, i'm sure that they're going to get it everywhere um so it's very exciting it's very uh you know you just want the work to be seen well well, well i wasn't invited to the screen you know the pre-screening so all i've been able to see is the trailer but i have to tell you the first the first thing that popped into my mind in watching the trailer um Quentin Tarantino came immediately to my mind. Uh, that's a big compliment. I don't know, but it's, I know the movie's engaging and I know that, uh, and you feel for it and it's beautifully shot. Thanks to my wonderful director of photography, Pierluci Malavasi. And I had great, uh, you know, a wonderful production designer, uh, Alessandra Manias and wonderful costume designer, designer, Larry Wilson. I mean, I had, you know, the, the artistic team was great. And then I had these actors, you know, this young newcomer, Edouard Philippe now, who's wonderful, and Cameron Douglas, uh, and Elizabeth Roman, Eric Balfour, all of them extraordinary actors. So when you have really, really good actors, you know, um, you can tell a, you know, a compelling story. 
And you're, we, Mark touched on the fact that you also, you have a school that teaches acting. Yes, uh, we have uh, the Los Angeles Acting Conservatory, which is a school that offers programs uh, in acting and filmmaking. And then the Michelle Danner Acting Studio, which also offers classes for, you know, uh, all levels from beginner to intermediate to advanced, you know, from children to teens to adults. And uh, so we have some wonderful, wonderful classes and a great faculty of teachers and I teach as well. Um, and it's, um, you know, it's, it's a way to give back and it's a way to really hand it down to a younger generation, to another generation, um, which I think is important. And I, I'm a great believer in studying. So I've studied and continue to study my whole life. I study all the time. And I just always think you have to take classes and just keep learning, keep watching, keep reading nonstop. One thing that strikes me about you is just your love for the arts, the performing arts, films, you name it, and, and your work ethic. But what would be your key to longevity in the industry? Um, you know, I think you have to... Um, be patient and you have to hook in inside of yourself to things that you want to say like what are the things that you want to say what's important to you you know every story has been told but when you look at somebody and somebody said well we've seen it already it's been told yeah but you haven't told it it never came from your perspective so every artist has a voice and it's okay to take time to find your voice, to find the things that you want to say in your work. One question I wanted to ask you was with respect to, we've had a number of actors on the show. I have friends who have acted both on stage and on film. And there are two different dynamics, acting on stage, treading the boards versus being on a, it doesn't matter whether it's on a set or on location, film and the stage are two totally different dynamics. And how do you approach that in terms of um, coaching when you're teaching acting as, as, a, as a profession, as a vocation? Well, you're right. And you know, it's, it's about understanding when you're on a movie, when you're on a set, there's a whole other process that goes on. The, however, the process of script analysis for an actor, the first time an actor gets a script, whether he's doing a movie, she's doing a movie, a television show, a play, you know, that process is the same. You are a detective reading the script, analyzing it, looking for clues, thinking about the character, creating the character, building the backstory, all of that is similar. Where the different difference comes in, it's in the execution of it. You know, when I loved this quote, I think this kind of says it. Walter Matthau had a quote that said, when you're doing theater, when you're on stage, you're playing tennis. When you are making a movie, you're playing ping pong. And when you're doing a TV show, you are playing marbles. And I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I was so great. It's that amount of energy that you put forth, you know, you understand the medium that you're in. So let's say you're doing a wide shot in a movie. It is like you're playing tennis. It is like you're on stage. Yes. And then you have to be sensitive to the fact that if you are, you know, in a close-up or an extreme close-up, 
um, you know, you want to, you know, when the camera is close, the camera comes and gets it from you. And that's a whole technique that, uh, you know, and as an actor, you want to, um, you know, be comfortable with. You want to exercise those muscles. So when you are on set and they call action, you are able to deliver, you know. I had a wonderful actress in my last movie. She was great. I loved her. But she was doing too much with her face, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and when you're on stage and you're, you know, reaching 2,000 people or 1,000 people or 500 mm -hmm. or 200, you, you know, can, you know, overdo it more. When yeah. you are, um, you know, when you, you have to find the inner life and the stillness when yeah. camera is so close. Sure. Have you, have you ever heard Michael Caine's, um, he had a famous quote where a interviewer asked him, you've done so many movies through your career. How, how do you decide what, when you're given a script, how do you decide whether you're going to take the movie or not? And Michael Caine said, oh, it's very simple. I look at a script, I read the first page, I read the last page. If I'm on both pages, I do the movie. Uh, yeah, no, I, I um, on Masterclass, there's a Ellen Marin said, I go to the last page where my character appears. And depending how they leave the story is whether, uh, you know, she's intrigued and she does it or doesn't do it. So yeah, the, the arc of the character, you know, what happens to them. Right, backwards and forwards and everything yeah, else. Exactly. Well, what is the difference between working on a budget like this compared to, you know, being an independent film compared to having Warner Brothers money? Yeah, well, you know, if you would have interviewed me two months ago, I would have known exactly, but now I know. Um, I like the small intimate stuff, you know, the same way I don't like a big house. I like a smaller house. I like, uh, I just like the intimacy of a set when there's less people. But I, I believe that a lot of directors say that. But when you have a big story to tell, such as this last movie, it's a period piece. And there's a lot of people, there were a lot of featured actors, there were big courtroom scenes, Supreme Court. You know, when you have stuff like that, you can't do it on a shoestring, obviously. You can't do it in a small indie movie. You have to, you know, have more than that if you're gonna do it well. Sure. And, uh, and we wanted to do it well, you know, we had this wonderful writer, producer, George Culver, who just, you know, made so many things happen. He was like a magician. Um, and uh, th th we did it on a, on a bigger scale than what we initially anticipated. Uh, but, you know, the, the project, the way that it was written and where we shot it was conducive to that. But I do like small indie movies. I mean, I really, really do. You know, when you see like, you know, 10 trucks and unions represented and all these people and, you know, 20 Teamsters and, you know, it's, it's a lot, you go, whoa. Sure. But I stayed very focused, you know, I was, it was a great shoot for me. I was incredibly, incredibly focused, even though I got sick a little bit because they let me wear these masks, these transparent masks, so I could talk to the actors. Donald okay. Sutherland was on set, Andy Garcia. I mean, we had like this cast from heaven. And so we were in this like old police station and, you know, they do the smoke for the, for the movie. And then people were smoking the cigarettes, the herbal cigarettes. And the combination of that got inside of my mask. Oh yeah. Gave okay. me like a throat infection. So I was like super sick. 
And, um, but I, I didn't skip a beat. I was there as a matter of fact, during my lunch one day, I, I went to urgent care because I couldn't swallow water. And she said, oh my gosh, because I think you have an abscess in your throat, you have to run to the hospital. Because if not, you could die because it could attack your blood and you could have a blood infection, you could die. And I was like, oh my God. So I went back on set, but you know, if you are sick, if the director's sick, everything stops. Sure. Everything comes down, they can't do anything. What can they do if the director's not there? You know, my, my uh, director of photography was sick and he took off and you know, we were still okay. It wasn't great, but I mean, we could manage, we shot, we didn't lose the day. But if the director goes, then we're done. Um, and the same thing, like the lead actors were done, you know. Um, but um, so anyway, I went back to shoot. And then I went after we finished, I went to the hospital, to the emergency room and did a, a scan and turned out that I had a bad infection, but it was okay. I didn't have the abscess that needed to be pierced. So it was all good. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, whatever obstacles happen, you have to just, you know, plow through and you have to be strong and you have to stay in there because that's that's what you signed up for. Well, uh, I, can I take, I, I have to take a minor exception. This is a nitpicky point, but I, I, I must say that you, you keep referring to the runner as a period piece. Oh, no, so I was so sorry. No, you're talking the about next, the next film. That's this, going the next since film. I talked about what I just finished shooting, Miranda's Victim. Yeah, Miranda's well, Victim. Well, the runner is not period. No, no, no. no. Okay. okay, well, still the term period piece for a film in the 1960s, well, I know that's accurate. That's my lifetime. I, I I hear period piece, and I think of Les Miserables. I think of The Untouchables. I think of something from <laughs> 70, 80, 90 years ago. I hear you. I hear you. But uh, yeah, the 60s. Well, you know, I mean, I was born in the 60s. So, but Same it is here. period. It's definitely period. Uh, uh, what was and we didn't have book? cell phones back then. It's tough sure. to remember oh, what, yeah. what life was like, you know, before we had computers and printers and cell phones and iPads, right? Well, you, you know, what, what's amazing about talking to you is that there's so many avenues you can go down. There's the directing, there's the producing, there's the acting, <laughs> and there's so many, you know, they all work together. But which of the three do you enjoy most? Yeah, all of it. I, I do. I really, really do. I mean, if I had to say, I would probably enjoy the least producing. But the truth of the matter is that I do enjoy it. My son is a filmmaker, and I have produced some of his shorts that have won awards. And he is going to make one movie after the next. And I'm going to be happy to produce them. And in a way it's relaxing to produce because you don't have the weight of the vision of the movie on your shoulders. And so I would say that I'm going, I know that I have enjoyed and will enjoy producing. Uh, I love acting, you know, that there's a movie that I'm gonna shoot called The Italians that I'm gonna act in, it's gonna be a lot of fun. And I love to direct because you get to sign the painting. I always say, you know, you pick the canvas, the colors, you know, the materials, you, you sign it, you tell the story. So it's great. You get to, to call it. Awesome. And I, I'm curious now with Miranda's story being set in New Jersey, 1960s, how, what were the challenges in terms of, you know, if you have scenes with vehicles in them, you know, the dress is simple enough, but there's so much of the background. How difficult it, had, is it 
great picture cars. We closed down the streets. We had great picture cars. Um, yeah, we had some really, I mean, we found some extraordinary places to make it happen. I mean, and we had lots of good production value. And we shot it on film. That was the big thing. Early on, I realized that I wanted to shoot it on film because if I was ever going to fight to shoot something on film, it would have been that. And uh, it was, you know, expensive. It's more expensive to shoot it on film. That's why people have shot on, you know, on HD. But the look of it, it elevates the movie. It makes it richer. So, you know, listen, I shot all my movies on the Alexa, except for my first movie. My first movie, I shot it on, on Kodak, a top stock of Kodak, and this last movie. So right now, my work has been bookended by two movies on film and everything else on the on the HD. But um, yeah, it's it's been great. I mean, the, the, the look of it, it's just, it's so beautiful. Well, you know, I, I'm looking at, I've seen the, I've seen the trailers for The Runner. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, first thing that came to mind, the intensity uh, struck me as, you know, uh, Tarantino-esque. And um, this Miranda, uh, Miranda story with Andy Garcia, with Donald Sutherland, you know, can you get a bigger cast than that? D Donald Sutherland isn't, I know he's been nominated. Has he won an, he's won an Academy Award, has he not? Yes, yes, he has an Oscar, yeah. He's yeah. He was incredible. He was the angel of this movie, really. And the beautiful emails that he still writes me, you know, he said, go make a good film, Michelle. Uh, he's just, he was great. And Andy Garcia, my God, was fantastic. And Kyle McLaughlin, my son was beside himself because of Twin Peaks, you know. Uh, Kyle McLaughlin was in it and Ryan Felipe and Luke Wilson. And the lead was played by Abigail Breslin, who we all know from Little Miss Sunshine. And she's, you know, she gives a performance, wait till you see. Her mother was played by the incredible actress Mireille Enos. Uh, the sister, by, uh, I have no words for the, any of these, all these actors. Uh, Emily Van Camp played her sister. Joshua Bowman played her yeah. husband. Uh, Nolan Gold from Modern Family played her, her love interest. Um, Taryn Manning from Orange is the New Black uh, played wow. uh, Miranda's uh, yeah. girlfriend. And uh, yeah, and, uh, and Miranda was played by a newcomer called Sebastian Quinn. And uh, yeah, and I said Luke Wilson, right? I mean, listen. Yeah. Who I'm haven't sure. you worked with? <laughs> I don't even know how this happened. <laughs> I was processing this. I said, I don't think I processed this incredible cast that we got. But part of it is that you're so talented. You know, I think that's how it happens. Don't you? Oh, thank you. Hardworking and talented. They two go hand in hand. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now, The Runner is coming out. It may be out now. No, no. Uh, it's coming out now on um, August, August 19th. Yeah. August 19th. Yeah. And uh, where is it going to be in wide release? Is it going to be? It's going to do 15 cities across the U.S. Okay. And then it'll be on demand in every out, every place you can imagine. It's going to be everywhere. Okay. Because I know, that, I know that movies, when they start out in limited release, everything is dependent upon how big it blows up, whether it makes it to Belleville, little tiny Belleville, Ontario, where the Cineplex is. 
half an hour from where I live in the sticks. But in today's world, it's all streaming. So yeah, I think you will see it. We they already told me it's going to have a large distribution. So For I'm sure. very excited about it. And we also encourage you to check out her other films too. You can look on IMDb and a lot of them you can find on, uh, if you have like an Amazon Fire Stick or you name it. Yeah, you, there's Bad Impulse is a psychological thriller. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Wonderful actors, Paul Sorvino was in it. Uh, you know, and I did two movies with Paul Sorvino, uh, a comedy and a, and a psychological thriller. Um, so saddened you know by his yeah. by his passing sure. um and uh and before that i did a movie called the bandit hound a family movie uh before that i did a movie called hello herman with norman Reedus and garrett backstrom who i realized was calling me while we've been talking in this podcast he called me and uh, so i still keep in touch with you know all these actors and uh and before that i had my first movie how to go on a date in queens so it was how to go on a date in queens Hello, Herman, Bandit Hound, Bad Impulse, The Runner. So this is my sixth movie, Miranda's Victim. So The Runner is my fifth movie. Yeah. Wow. So and uh, The Runner, August 19th, starting out in 15 cities and then blowing up all over in wide release and, of course, on streaming platforms. Um, and Miranda's story, do you, do you have any targets in terms of when that's going to be coming out? Uh, probably next year the march 2023 marks the um 60th anniversary 60th anniversary oh my god 60th anniversary of when the miranda story happened when okay. this girl patricia weir got kidnapped and driven to the desert and raped and um and then in the span the story the the movie that we sh shoot was in the span of uh 13 years until his demise until 1975 and nobody really knows this story i mean this is the incredible thing is that this story has not been told but we all know when people get arrested the right to remain silent Island. and then the other thing is while we were shooting the supreme court you know did some reversal of some miranda uh, rules limiting the miranda rights so that was also pretty extraordinary yeah, it'll be, it'll be almost like a prim, uh, primer for anyone going into law school. Exactly. Well, yeah. we really appreciate you coming on, Michelle. We'll also post the links to your YouTube channel, your uh, acting studio. One of the most talented around. We really appreciate this. If you like these podcasts, share them out. Follow us. Subscribe. We're on all audio platforms, video version on YouTube. Thanks okay. so much. Thank you so much.